Hello everyone, this is JPL, and today I'm joined with... Oh, that's me, Dwight. <laughs> yes. What's up, guys? And welcome back to Podcast Name in Brackets. So, Dwight. Yes, my friend. How are you doing today? Honestly, I'm a little bit dead. I've just come off, like, a whole long weekend of shows. Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing lightboard operating, so I basically, I have a fancy name for pressing a button. Yes. Over and over again, when I'm told to. But it's good, you know? Um, and then my legs are absolutely dead mm. because um, also as part of the theater program, I'm in a dance class and we did a lot of jumping um, yesterday morning and I didn't do a cool down exercise, so my calves no longer support my weight. It's Th great. Yeah, it's uh... Luckily, your calves aren't like what keep you standing but if I try to walk, that's that's when it gets bad. <laughs> okay, so you're in torture when you came over here. Yep. Well, that's good People to know. People have noticed I'm limping. Like, it's it's a good time. Yes. He said very sarcastically, not meaning it was a good time at all. But yes, I'm optimistic. Yes, Christopher's not here today. He's at what the a loser. Yeah, he's at the library. He actually forgot that we do a podcast on Tuesdays. So what a loser. If he no. comes over here at some point, then that's up to him, but I don't think he will. Yeah, so today you're stuck with me. Yes, the... <laughs> the plan B. <laughs> plan B. Or... Or... Uh, F? Plan F? Or the third wheel. The third wheel. I like that. I am the third wheel. Yes. We are now a tricycle, only it looks more like a bike that just has like one training wheel. I am that training wheel. Yes. We've lost the back wheel, so now you're so, holding so us together. This is this bike's not gonna go very well, but hey, at least we still have two wheels at this point. Yes. Or three, depending on how you view it. I'm just one training wheel. Ah, so <laughs> I'm not both sides, I'm just You're really helpful then. Oh so much. I mean the kid better not slam on one end then. So if I, if I leave, it'll basically be a unicycle. Pretty much, and I hold it together. I have nothing to say. Yeah. Um, a unicycle that no one knows how to ride. Yes. That is how life and our lovely theories of life work. Well, I don't have many other theories of life other than I saw something this morning that was... Life... It's like chess. I don't know how to play chess. <laughs> or there's some other good ones. Um, life is like soccer practice. My mom signed me up for it, and I hate soccer practice. Oh my. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, that seems like something. When we used to do a game when we were kids, um, me and my family, where if we were on a long road trip, we'd start like glancing at things and saying, okay, so there is an object. We're going to try and figure out a way to relate that to life. So that is a hat. A hat is like life. Sometimes you're on top, sometimes you're just left hanging. <laughs> so we just make up these funny like uh, analogies and yeah, that got us through a lot of long road trips. How long were the road trips? Uh, depending. Like, sometimes we'd go to Canada and it'd be like two days of driving. Sometimes my parents would stop and we'd just sleep in the bus, but... Oh, we had a bus because we have nine kids in our family. Right. Um, yeah. Sometimes we'd just stop and sleep in the bus. Sometimes my dad would just keep driving um, through the night so we'd get there faster. Um, we'd stop at McDonald's a lot because they had cheap coffee and he would have get coffee. Yeah. And we'd always be, be like, oh, can we get fries? Can we get burgers? And he's like, nope, this is for dad. Um, Let's get a Happy Meal. <laughs> get that toy. One time we had, it was just an hour-long trip, but we decided that for the whole thing we were going to just sing Shine On Harvest Moon the whole trip and just repeat over and over again. Our cousin was with us that time. That was fun. We, we went through different genres and accents and one verse we did like a giraffe which means basically we didn't make noise that was an inside joke for a while in our family that if you did something like a giraffe you just do it silently because what sound does a giraffe actually make uh i don't know as when i was younger 
I would just say things at random. The one random thing that I would just pretend to say when coming to a room is, "Rar, I'm a giraffe." I respect that. Giraffe saying "Rar." Rar, I'm a giraffe. That's. It's. It is what it is. It's. It's something. Yes. Have you ever thought about like giraffe tongues? Like sometimes. I'd. I'd pay money to have a tongue like a giraffe. I would not. You could just like lick somebody from across the the room, but, like someone sitting. Okay. Like, it was just I would use it for like. Wouldn't even be like practical purposes. I just maybe I'd grab things with my tongue, like Jar Jar Binks. But I think for the most part, I'd just mess with people and just be like, hey, "What's up?" and like flail my tongue out like a like a whip. Well, why though? Because it'd be fun. Would it though? I would have so much fun with it. Because then you just got this long tongue, like it, well, well, it's it's retractable. That's the thing about it. they stretch. Yeah, they, but when you sleep, yeah, is it gonna like yeah. flaw? That's the question. I just. I normally sleep with my mouth closed anyway, so I'm assuming it would just stick in my closed mouth, but I can imagine waking up and just have your like tongue tied in knots or something like and that. And you're choking on it. There's the rare occasion. Do you choke on your own tongue? I don't, I doubt it, but. Because I feel like if it was your tongue, despite the length, you'd somehow figure out a way to sleep without choking on your own tongue. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, tongues. I mean, tongues even move when you sleep. So, yes. They're one of the most active muscles that humans have. And you know, drooling when you sleep. Is that a lot of drool? I don't know. I can't imagine it would be that much more. I mean, if your tongue's out, like, you still have the same amount of contact on the inside of your mouth with your tongue. Yes. So, I can't imagine you'd drool that much more. Of course. All that fun stuff. So, today's the last day for the Sonic Con early bird. Oh, that's true. Have you gotten your tickets? I have not. Get them now. I'm wanting to be cast in something in it. So <laughs> You're going that route. And, yeah, I don't know how interested I am in the whole thing other than that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool, but I'm a college student with very little money. That's true. Definitely interested in it. But, also, I'm, I, aside from... Like the one man show and the 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 showings that they'll have for the the live radio drama and stuff. I'm not sure how interested in the other stuff about Sonic Con I am. Yeah. So there's something for everybody, I'm sure. But yeah, me with limited funds and very specific interests. Yeah, I mean, I I've enjoyed going to BronyCon, and you know, this is no BronyCon, but it's. I've only been to one convention before, and it was alright. Yeah, I dressed up, so that made it a little more fun. I, I go... I mean, the panels are good. Th those are like the main events. Yeah. And, you know, here we got our, our guest stars, and those panels are... They're fun. They're basically... I guess it'd be interesting to hear from the, the Adventures and Odyssey people as well, but... I'm mainly there for James. Yeah. Uh, and one, I know you are. Yes, I mean, like I was interested in SonicCon, but as soon as they announced James, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I don't care, I'm going. Mm -hmm. How much is it? Okay, that's doable. Mm. And you know what? We live right here. So, parking's going to be terrible, though. Oh, I'm sure. Like the worst. <laughs> yes. Parking's already really bad around this school, so... Add a whole bunch of people coming to a convention, it'll be insane. Yes, the worst day in of the year is graduation. Oh yeah, well of course, everybody's parents, is so you double the population of the school, or triple even, depending on how many people they've got coming. Yeah, because there was that one day, the ones that I had to go to the old folks' home. Oh yeah. And I, I just I just had you watch Doctor Who. Oh yeah, I watched I Doctor Who for like... Three hours before you got back. Yeah, I mean the drive itself is technically ten minutes. It took about an hour, and I'm there for an hour, and I had to, it took me now another hour to get back, and so it was about three hours. And I was only expecting him to be gone for like an hour twenty minutes, so he almost tripled his time out. So. Yeah, it was just. I told you I was just gonna be an hour, 
Yeah. And so there was that whole. I was pretty confused, <laughs> to be honest. Were you? Yeah, I was like, where is this guy? I mean, I'm happy to keep watching Doctor Who, but <laughs> it, like, we. <laughs> and like, I I had um. I had like a I had a contingency plan. I was like, okay, when this disc is done, put it in the next one. <laughs> did I get that point? Yes. I think I did. You yeah. Did. I watched the first one on the new disc before you got back. And so, yeah, that was not pleasant. Not ideal. I was I was late to the old folks' home. But SonicCon will be happening during the school spring break, so there will be a lot of people out of the way. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that you can bring more people in and have it less of a problem. Par- parking is still going to be pretty bad. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, if we if we're working there, then we show up early because we work there. Oh yeah. So there's that. I think potentially being like volunteering for it would be fun as well. If I don't get cast on anything, so yeah. I mean, I've already applied for volunteering. I'm you applied to be a liaison? Yes, I did. Of course you did. Of course you I wanna did. You want to meet James. You want to drive James around. Well, not drive. Like, driving is kind of the thing. It's like, you know, like, I'm not sure if I can do that. Oh, yeah. Because um, I don't know what else to do with that. Can you imagine? Just I feel like I have the ability to drive people, but if it were my job, it would be, like, ten times more scary. Just like, oh, I have to be the perfect... I, I, like I have motorists out right now. I had, I had to make my guests feel safe while driving, mm-hmm. and, and on top of that, we have a schedule to keep when driving. And like I don't know, if they want me to drive and like stay in the car until they need me again or some kind of thing like that. And so it's like, yeah, uh, guess just best not be a driver. Uh, so I just applied for being a liaison. Indeed. And then we're gonna do, we're gonna try out for the many things that they got going on. Oh yeah, there's, like we said, there's many original plays, there's dramatic reading, there's the live radio drama event. Yes. Uh, hopefully we can finally get some stuff. Hopefully. I could just got some tips today on how I can better my audition processes. So, um, had a meeting with our department chair, and she told me that I can enunciate better, I can work on subtext and putting energy and be aggressive about my lines. Right. So that it's like I care about everything I'm saying. Yes. Which I think I can do. Um, it's definitely good to hear. I also need to practice monologues a yeah. lot before. Yeah, practicing is probably the most important thing that you should do. If you don't really practice your monologue, especially... and. It's what I got specifically um, advice about was not just practicing it, um, not just filming yourself and watching it to pick up on things, but also performing first in front of friends that you're comfortable with, and then maybe friends you don't know quite as well, so that you have this opportunity to perform in front of other people and get get out of your comfort zone, get comfortable performing in front of people, yes. so that when you get out there in front of the casters or the directors you are comfortable where you are. Also do it weeks in advance. Instead yeah. of instead of like the week before or the day before. Yeah. Cause good preparation will definitely boost your um chances. Yeah. For getting cast in something. Yeah. And more time means the better it is. And work on the clarity of your speech. Yeah. So that people can understand the words that you're saying. Of course. Uh-huh. Which is what I need to practice because I slur, slur a lot. You slur a lot. Slur If you can't pronounce how version. Yes. Um, so I finally saw the Alice. Your ah, the Alice video. Yes. yes. It's a joke at the crazy organization of the main building on campus because it's way too easy to get lost in there. It's fun. Yes, and we were submitted for a uh, coffee house compilation type thing. Oh yeah? Do you no you, that you wanted to do? Oh, maybe I don't know. You wanted to submit it. I I did submit it. Yeah. It wasn't accepted, but I don't know why, because it was probably the best thing submitted. <laughs> Sorry, that's biased, but 
Um, we did have some great school professor cameos. We had um, some school yeah. personalities and lots of relevant jokes, and it was also fit the theme. And we had amazing camera quality, and our videographer was really good. Yeah, a lot of it was great, um, and, I, and I think there was I think there was probably only one thing that the people focused on, or that's something that caught their attention. What I think is, or what I've heard about student events in general, is that they favor people they know better. Yeah. So if they don't know you, it's much less likely that they'll choose your video for their event. Yeah, when watching it, the one thing I think could, that could have been done better, because I think we're just, just there's one thing that's missing. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I'd have to watch it again to be sure, but from watching it, my thought was that the pacing could be much faster. Yeah. Because there are points where it's like, okay, I get the joke. However, it's it continues going. That's probably probably fair. And you know, and uh, it's fine. It's it's still it's still a good joke, but I just feel like there's just something that needs to be here. Mm-hmm. It could also be the music as well. It's not as as no- noticeable as it probably should have been in some moments. Perhaps. I didn't do the editing of, like, with the music and everything. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. And, and those were the only, really, the only complaints I'd have from it. Critique. Yeah. So, other than that, uh, well done. Thank you. You guys should go check that video out. It's on my channel. Um, yeah, it's pretty fun. If you want, you can check out the other videos as well and, you know, maybe subscribe or something. Or I something. currently have 100 subscribers, but more would be nice. Did you finally get 100? Oh, yeah. Yay. I only had two to get, and, you know, this video definitely helped. Oh, yeah, I, I bet. Yep. Um, and, like, views on this one shot up real quick, because everybody was sharing it, because I had so much help from friends at school, and so they're like, oh, I was in this, check out this video that we made. Yeah. So... Yeah. All that fun stuff. <laughs> awkward silence as they try to figure out what to talk about next. I just felt awkward that we were just plugging my channel for a while, but hey. I it mean, gets me more views. I was going to ask to plug it even more. Tell us, how did you get into your channel? How did I get into my channel? Yes. Okay, so there's this YouTuber. Um, Mark Haynes, and for a while, he did this show called, um, Mario Bros. Z, which is some sprite animation where it's basically the story of Dragon Ball Z, but reinterpreted through, um, Super Mario Bros. characters, and also they get Sonic and Shadow involved, um, and it's a really fun, it, it was a really fun show. He didn't end up finishing it, so... I looked at that and I thought, hey, I feel like I could probably do some sort of spread animation. Mm. So I put together originally a first episode. Um, I called it One Up Mushroom Z. Um, basically the same kind of idea um, where you take the Dragon Ball Z story and reinterpret it with um, Sonic and Mario characters. Of course, mine was much lower quality, but I was just a... Um, sophomore in high school, so... Yeah. And I made the series using just Windows Live Movie Maker and Microsoft Paint. Mm. So, based on that, I'm surprised it's as good quality as it is, but it still doesn't really hold up. You guys can check that out if you want. It's not my proudest work, but after I did that, I started just doing more comedy-type videos. Yeah. I do little skits or song parodies. I did some original music. Um... And then, once I got here to school, they offered um, the Adobe products for students. Um, so I saw that there was a program called Adobe Animate, and I was like, hey, I did animation a while back, maybe I could get into something now. And so I started yeah. my, probably my proudest work at the moment, which is My Dwight Tonight. Yes. Um, a fun little animated series. I'm up to episode... I'm working on episode 7 yeah. right now. Um, I've got a full 20 episode run planned. Um, 
It probably won't be done for a while, but mm -hmm. I'm willing to keep working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you just keep getting, uh, adding more to it, making it more smooth. Oh yeah, I've definitely learned a lot of that has helped make things go much more quickly. Um, I've, there's a very fast way to do lip syncing now in Adobe Animate 2019. Um, and there's a whole bunch of tools that I've learned to use to make my animating go much quicker. And I also got a drawing tablet, which helps things a lot, because yeah. I can just, if I need an extra frame or a different hand position or something, I can just sketch it up with my drawing tablet. But, um, yeah, I've gotten better, but I've also been more ambitious with my episodes, so I've tried harder things. So yeah. it still takes a while for each episode to be made, but. Yeah. I mean, the ambition, I think, works out. Yeah, it pays off. If you look at, I still think the first episode of My Dwight Knight holds up pretty well. Like, you look at the animation and then you're like, that's pretty good. But, um, I, it's definitely a step up in my most recent, um, video. I used some 3D dynamics to have a long, extended fight scene. Yes. Um, it's pretty dope. Y'all should check it out. It's yeah. also a comedy, of course, because my nature is doing funny things. Yes. <laughs> And you have your own style of comedy that oh, yeah. works out well. Like we, I don't know if we've mentioned it anywhere before, but we've watched this show, um, Dan, versus. Dan versus. And if you like that kind of humor, you're probably like the kind of humor that I create. Yes. You've noticed that parallel before. The more family friendly one, of course. Yes. <laughs> um, well, the first episode of Dan versus involves, like. The librarian has, like, like that's my wife's new boyfriend or something my wife's like that. New boyfriend. So that like really caught me off guard. And this got, is supposed to be a kids show. And then he get, he gets hit by a bus. He gets hit by a bus. There's all like, they pretty much blow up the whole. Uh, people probably died in that last there part of that. There are cultists. There's cultists. Uh, and it's definitely funny from people our age's perspective, probably even high schoolers. But it's an animated show that was on a. A, a kids network. Yeah, well, yeah, a fun family uh, yeah. network. So, I'm surprised how, like, if you've watched our reactions, we keep coming back to the joke, this is a kids show. This is a kids show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But yeah, mine is a little bit safer version of that type of humor. Yes. <laughs> yes, this is a kids show. say that yes and there's definitely jokes that I've thought about that I'm like well that would be funny but I don't want to foster that kind of humor on my channel so I've refrained from them yeah because I want ultimately for my channel to be something that kids can watch and not like for kids so but something that if a kid stumbled across my videos they could watch it and be think yes. wow that's funny without like being traumatized for life and so then there's that whole issue of the IFC yeah. coming up in January. Woohoo! We'll see if you can stand the test of time. I haven't stood the test of time up to this point. It's been like six years and I've got 100 subscribers, so... I mean, you stand the test of time when... Can you... Will they agree that your family is not specifically kid-oriented? Well, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just humor-oriented. And I don't know how they'll perceive it. That's. I mean. That's a lot of the same colored pants. Oh gosh. Yeah, a lot of people just came by with tan, tan khaki pants. It might be. These are students, and that's part of their dress code. But it was weird. It was weird. Like all the There's same one colors. Like in the back of a skirt. Do they work there? Like, is this? They look like they could be high school students. LCA? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Get them out of here. We don't need them here. <laughs> they ruin our facilities. I think it's mostly just one group of kids that does. Yes. But we blame them for, like, they are now bringing down the name of LCA just because of that one group. That broke our light bulbs. They broke light bulbs. They rummaged through the theater lockers looking for stuff. They, I don't know. Kind of irreverent, you know. They're hooligans. Hooligans, that's a good word. But now I feel old. 
Those whippersnappers. Nah, they're troglodytes. Oh yeah, for sure, hoodlums. Yes. Yeah. We're relevant. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay, he's good. So. So. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, this was something I wanted to talk about. So, we're getting to the point of Doctor Who. We just finished four seasons of mm-hmm. Doctor Who. And one Christmas special. And one special. Um, we're almost done with David Tennant's <laughs> no. uh, timeline here. Um, and so... With that, there's a transition. The showrunner switches to a different person. Right. Um, and the right, and so the style changes. That yeah. And it, uh, it became more appealing to American audiences. Right. The style change and the writing style. Um, so uh, let's just say, so far, what do you think of the show? I think it's fun. I do think there's been a... Basically, the, the the setup of the Doctor, where he has to stop, like, universe threats. Yeah. Universe-level threats. Um, the way it ends up looking for a lot of the episodes is kind of, like, psycho-thriller, almost. But um, it definitely works, and it's very fun, based like, due to the characters that they have doing it. I think having the quirky um, alien-human Doctor is... It definitely keeps it interesting. Um, and I've liked both Doctors I've seen. Well, I've seen some of the old Doctors too, but yeah. of, New, of New Who, I've liked both the Doctors. And I'm a little sad that Eccleston only got one season. Yeah. But I think it's okay the way it happened. And then we got David Tennant sooner, so. <laughs> yes, we got him sooner. And soon we're going to get into Matt Smith. Matt Smith. He's your favorite, right? He's my personal favorite. Okay. Yeah. I know that a lot of people's favorite is David Tennant, which is warranted. So, But yes, I'm looking forward to other Doctors as well. Because David, um, David Tennant made the series popular in America. Mm-hmm. And then it became easier to watch with the style change. Right. It was more appealing. The storylines story became more appealing in out in the change. Okay. Um, and, you know, this could be in up for debate about Moffat and his writing, which... I think Moffat has a different, definite style to him. You're, that... you're gonna see just things about Moffat that's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Should this guy be in charge? <laughs> yeah. Um, which... I mean, the one episode he was in was weird, but that wasn't his fault. So. <laughs> Moffat, didn't he? Didn't he play a role in one of the episodes we've seen? Uh, is that? Am, am I thinking about somebody else? Are you thinking of Capaldi? No. Stephen Moffat, you're thinking of Mark Gaddis. You're you're right. You're right. My bad. Yeah, I don't think Moffat actually played a role. In the show. Okay, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Mark Gaddis is also. Forget what I'm talking about. Part of a writer of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, with what we have going on, what do you want to see happen? Um. I know that there's an agreement to keep using the Daleks. Yes. So. So. Uh, I hope that it, it, yes, I think I'm not sure if this is correct or not, but uh, the Daleks are a patented character with the Terry Nation estate, and uh, they when they you when you use a Dalek, they're contracted to be used, um, and so I think there's an agreement. There was an agreement that you must use the Daleks in each season way back then and that could be for a couple minutes or for an actual storyline uh-huh. so I know that there will be more Daleks in the future yes even though um, well, well one of the biggest problems to me is each time they bring back one of these things like um, 
the Daleks, the, the Cybermen, each time they try to set them up as the biggest threat and then they have to try and, well first. They're the biggest and they're the last. Somehow though, they keep just ending them within a few episodes. However, they keep coming back. And so it feels a little anticlimactic every time you bring them back. And so every, I'm, I'm every time they bring it back, they say they're the last of the Daleks. The season four finale, I thought, did a good job because it had been setting up to that point again. Kind of like in the first season, basically the whole season was building up to the Bad Wolf finale with the Daleks. Yes. Um, and I think it's good to foreshadow them so that it actually is a big bad kind of moment that you have to defeat them, instead of just, oh, and now the Daleks are here, and oh, now they're gone again. Um, like, I think the, the season three finale felt kind of like that to me. Well, not the finale, when they the, appeared. Yeah. Um, so, I hope that if they bring the Daleks back, that they can do a good job of making them seem like worthy of the threat they're said to have posed. <laughs> I take it from your silence and your slow pat on my shoulder that I am in for a fun time with this. Uh, if you're expecting them to be used properly, they're not. You'll see. Okay. Because they're... they're one of Doc, they're, they're Doctor Who's oldest consistent enemy. Yes. And they are the defeated entity in the Time War. Like, the whole Time War setup of the, of the Daleks makes you feel like they should be the most threatening thing in existence. They took out the Time Lords, but then to downplay them each time it feels like a disservice to them. And it happens each time, like when the Master showed up again, and he was gone in three episodes. Like, each of these people seemed like, okay, I can kind of get that, um, I can kind of get that they're a threat, but they're set up as if they're a much larger threat. Like, the way the Doctor reacts to hearing about the Cybermen or the Daleks, there's fear in his eyes, but then we yes. don't see the reason for that. Yes. Also, that comes with the territory of uh, 50 years of a TV show. Yeah. Um, if you'd watched the show growing up, you would, you would know. Like, Just the fact that they use the Daleks so much, but then you can't keep having them be the biggest threat every single time. Because that would take writing that I don't think humans are capable of. <laughs> uh, at, at least just not one human. Not one human. So... I think that's the problem, is that they have to be used so much, but then you can't deliver every single time with them. Okay. Yeah. So I'm hoping... I'm now wary that they might be used well in the future. I'll, I'll just say that their very next appearance... is interesting. Okay. Good to know. I'm really intrigued to see more Weeping Angels because that's the one thing I heard so much about um, before getting into Who. Of course. When anyone brought up Doctor Who, they'd bring up Weeping Angels. And so um, I know that, like, like the, the episode we watched, Blink, was really good. Mm -hmm. But I know there's more coming. And so... Why do you uh, know, how do you know that? Just because of one, how much they're talked about. And also I've heard of, like, set pieces that involve them and the fact that they're left ambiguous at the end of that episode that they're still out there there could be more um i know the weeping angels are coming back okay i don't know how but i'm looking forward to it okay i mean the best of the show is still coming up, is still coming up in my opinion okay there's still a lot of good stuff coming it's good to hear uh, what else do you want to see? Um, well, I think the whole River Song thing was intriguing. Okay. Um, that we still have yet to meet her the first time. Um, 
and apparently she's close enough to the doctor to be that important. Uh huh. So I'd like to see where that's going. Okay. Um. Yeah. Personally, I think, like I've mentioned, building up to something is the best way to tell a story because you can't just drop. We are the Daleks, we are the most important thing in the universe, and we are going to kill everybody and then defeat them. You build up to something like that. Um, so I think that type of structure would be nice to see. Maybe not necessarily full series arcs, but that could be nice too. So, yeah. Which I've heard they do not have any of in the most recent Doctor Who season. It's just very episodic. Yeah, the most recent season had no story arc. Yeah, which and and it was just episodic. Which I'm I, I'm I like episodic stuff. However, I think you need a balance. Yeah, you you need a balance and an actual good, actual good writing. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would help. But like, if it's only just something new every episode, which is dealt with in that episode the story is lost and it becomes less captivating, I think. I definitely think it's fun to see and and even with the the continuous arcs you can have um, like one-off type things in the middle. That's basically what it, it's been this whole time. But as long as you have some sort of thing connecting the episodes to keep you wanting to come back and see the next one. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. I, I do wonder, like, this whole time through all of New Who, each season has had, like, some code word or some name that keeps getting dropped throughout the whole thing leading up to the final. And I wonder, like, if, if the next seasons are going to include that trope because personally I'm a little tired of it. Like, first it's Bad Wolf, then it's Torchwood, then it's, um... Saxon. Saxon. Which, Saxon was used very little in Season 3. Yeah. And then... In Season 4, it was just, like, the Rose. Yeah. The Rose thing. So, each time you have this one, um, image or word just keeps popping back up. Which, it's not gonna stop. Yeah. Uh... However, uh, it's utilized differently. Yeah. And you learn more as you go on. Okay. Instead of just, bup, 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 then the very bad end. wolf, bad wolf, bad wolf, bad wolf. Hmm. I wonder what bad wolf means. Finale. Bad wolf. We keep seeing bad wolf. Finale. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. So that's bad wolf. Uh huh. Or. Oh, um, Dr. Donna is another thing. Oh, uh, the Dr. Donna. A, that showed up a few times, foreshadowing. Yes, foreshadowing without actually foreshadowing. Yeah, just saying, re- repeating a phrase without telling you what the heck it's supposed to mean. And you, you have your assumption of what that phrase means. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's fine. Uh, but it's really like any like time period you want them to go to, any... Story that you're interested in seeing. I don't think we've seen enough medieval. Okay. Um, maybe Robin Hood or something. Um, I don't know. I feel like New Who hasn't really done far back in time a lot. I guess we did Pompeii that one time. Yeah, like t- like history episodes were more of like an old Who yeah. thing. There they would have done more of medieval. And like we saw a medieval one with uh, a Suntaran. Yeah. That one time, so. Yeah. That was the first one with Sarah Jane, too. Yes. Lots of good stuff. Yes. And so. I think that history episodes, I enjoy them personally. I enjoy them when I when I know more about the event there. Yeah. Um, and especially. Because you're a time traveler, and I get that you get to go to all sorts of different planets and times in the future, but there's also a lot of 
fun adventures that could have happened in the past. There's a really good one coming up, that's for sure. Okay, that's good to hear. Uh-huh. That every time my mother watches, she cries. Oh, good. Well, I haven't really cried in Whoa. five and a half years, so let's see what happens. Well, yeah, like crying, uh, crying in TV show, you know, I get like slightly emotional up, but I don't really cry for a TV mm. show. Yeah. And it's usually like after a few watch, like a few watches that I'm like, oh, this is really good, and I just get more emotional when I watch it. Cause the first time it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I'm a moody teenager. Mm. <laughs> I don't care about any of this. <laughs> yeah, so definitely, I think I'm moving towards a more emotional part of my life where I will start, like, being affected by touching moments more than I have been, but been a while um yeah <laughs> since i mean there's, even even in this last five and a half years when i haven't cried um there have been moments like inside out um or even the third hobbit film when all of the dwarves rush out into battle together and you know that they're not all coming back that was a really moving moment yeah like... so there have been these moments that i like feel i just it hasn't gotten that bad yeah, like the uh, the last time I remember it, I remember actually legit crying was whenever I watched Toy Story three. Oh yeah, <laughs> at the, at the end there. Yeah, that was intense. It's been a while. Um, or when I just watched some Broadway shows, and when we saw To Kill a Mockingbird, there were some really really moving moments. Um, it was so well done. Um, so I've almost cried a lot. Of a lot, especially more recently. Yeah, there's a lot of almost cries. But, like, especially yeah. for me, in Star Wars, like, you, like before the movie actually starts, when we get a long time ago, and then the theme song play. As soon as, that, as soon as that pops up, like, I almost cry every time. It's mm. like, especially in a big theater. You know what's weird? The, the closest I've been to crying at a Star Wars thing in recent years was actually for a trailer for Rogue One because the music that they used was done so well. Yes. It's just, it was recognizable tune and it built up and then it just goes and it was super intense and with the visuals on screen building and building, like that moment was, whoever made that trailer and the music with it, wow. Yes. However, when watching the films, I've never gotten that close. So, filmmakers, you need to step up your game. Yes, Make Star Wars amazing, please. Uh, last Jedi. <laughs> last chance. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean... It's probably going to be better than Last Jedi. Oh, for sure. Like, that's... That goes without saying. But I'm hoping it's better than... Like... Episode 7, Episode 1, 2, and 3. Like, I'm hoping it can even get up to the level of... Now, I, kn- I know at this point you've got it, made it the last of a trilogy of almost disappointing movies. A trilogy that so just it's derailed... To become that good, it would have to do re- try really, really hard. But that's what I've wanted this whole time, and they haven't delivered it. Give me amazing Star Wars again. Please. Well, we're, ha- we're going to have the Mandalorian. That's true. We're going to have the Clone Wars back. Yes. You haven't seen Rebels. I've not seen all of Re- Rebels, no. But <laughs> Rebels. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so back in Doctor Who, what do you not want to have happen to Doctor Who? What do I not want? I don't know. Like, What do you mean? Like, what's something that you don't want them to ever do? Honestly, if I had my choice, they wouldn't meet any Daleks anymore, but I know that's not going to happen. Okay. Because they've already dealt with, I feel like, the biggest Dalek threats they could, and they've technically destroyed them every single time, permanently, supposedly, and then not. Okay. To be honest, while I said if they 
use them, I hope they treat them better. I hope they don't use them. <laughs> and I know that that's not gonna happen. The thing is, I, I think you can start building up new threats rather than just... Because each, each of the finales has been fighting something that's been a previous threat in Doctor Who, even before we've had New Who. I think you can, should give yourself more credit and build up your own threats. I think you can do that. I think that's fair. And that happens a lot on small scale, like with individual episodes, but if you keep relying on what other people have already established, then you're not creating anything new and it can get stale. So that's one thing I, that's another hope I guess. I turned a hope not into a hope. I hope they don't re just rehash old stuff for the purpose of wow. high stakes. I hope they can somehow bring high stakes that aren't based on previous stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're smiling in a way that doesn't give me confidence. However, it also I'm, might... I'm, I'm trying to give you confidence here. Okay, okay. Like, okay, thinking good. through... Yeah. There's some stuff to come. There is some stuff to come, I'm sure. How many more seasons are there? Um, so... We've gone through season four. How many new Who seasons are there? So, including the new one, there's 11 seasons. Okay. So, we're not... We're not halfway through yet. Okay. How many seasons does Matt Smith have? I'm not gonna say. Not gonna say. Okay. I'm not gonna say. That's that's fair. Yes. Like you'll see you'll see him end when he ends. But you're you're gonna know when he ends. Okay. Cause I feel like somebody here is going to have more seasons than anybody has so far. What do you mean? I mean, T David Tennant has had three. Now we're splitting three doctors across, what is it? Is seven episodes, sorry, seven seasons, eight seasons? Uh, so three doctors. Well, let's, let, we'd have to really do years. So uh, David Tennant did Roughly four years. Okay. As a doctor, because the whole year of his specials. Okay. Um. And that's not the longest. Uh, the longest, of course, would be Tom Baker. Right. For seven years. Oh yeah. And. Uh, I guess that makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. In a way, he he overstayed a bit. Yeah. Because he didn't want to leave. <laughs> I don't want to go. Like essentially, that's what it was. Like this was, if you like, if you know, like the story, like before Doctor Who, he was like really poor. Hey, like had really no good jobs. Then he became Doctor Who, the best thing ever. Yeah. And so, of course, I, I am the Doctor. Of course, it's understandable why he did not want to leave. Yes. Um, and whatnot. Of course. And that fun stuff. Uh, All that fun rubbish. I, what I hope is that Doctor Who is good. Well, I would hope so as well. I don't know. Honestly. I've kind of given up on Doctor Who for a bit. Yeah? Uh, like, it's... I've been watching Doctor Who for a while now. Uh, since 2012. Mm-hmm. And, um... How long ago was that? Like... Seven years? About seven years. Yeah. About seven years now, and so it's just... Kind of getting old. Hmm. It's like... It's like the wise man said. You either die the hero, or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, because a show that's been on for 50 years, 
Like you start to run out of material. Yeah, of course. Um, Nothing has that much staying power. And then, of course, you have new people with different ideas of how the show should be, and it's very. Conf- I kind of get the idea of trying to make it fresh so that it still can go, but you still need to make it good. Is the thing and make it consistent for yeah. what's come before. Mm-hmm. Which, um. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. That's just the whole thing with time. Yeah. Like, the longer... Time wears down all things. Yeah, the more Star Wars does new things, like, you know, the the more it just becomes... Yeah. Here's the thing. I think Star Wars is a good example for this. You have the potential to take Star Wars anywhere. Yeah. And what they chose to do... Was try to continue the Star- the Skywalker saga, which they didn't really need to. Because which they didn't need to. You could. I mean, Star Wars lasted a long time, and was still popular since '77. Mm-hmm. Even even though there was just so much content, the books, the games, mm-hmm. and the thing about them was that they were good. Yeah. At the like, time. What you think? If you think about history, like so many. Amazing, interesting stories have happened throughout history. Very few of those stories were centered all around the same people. In Star Wars, you have this potential to explore any planet in any point in history, but then they decide to continue about the same people. So I think it's really cool that um, who is it? The creators of Game of Thrones are taking something completely different from what we've seen away apart from the Skywalkers. I think it'd be interesting to go back in time and see maybe the Old Republic a little bit. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of untapped potential that when we stick around the same like hundred year period, we don't get to see a lot of this amazing history. Just make the video games canon. (laughs) Like, just start with that and be good. Because... The old Knights of the Old Republic was just a very good thing at its time. Uh-huh. Was it confusing? Yes. Did some things not make sense? Yes. Of course. But it was still well done. Yeah. Like Revan is definitely something that comes out of it, and, you know. Cringe? Huh? You, was that a cringe I saw just now? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that was. It wasn't a cringe, and you know, it's like. I, if they do them, they gotta do it right. Right. Yes. So, I think like that. There's a lot of potential that you can take stuff in, um, but if things become stale, if you don't start getting. Here's the hard part. You have to think out of the box, but then not too far out of the box that you lose the people. Yes. So, that's the struggle. I think. Nearly, nearly any concept has the potential to run a really long time. Yes. If you can do it right. But that's the struggle. Yes. Uh, and you know, a uh, success would be ponies. Lasted nine years. Yeah. Of this new generation. And it just ended, so... Yeah. Not everything can last forever, but most things have the potential to last a pretty most long while. Most things have the potential. I think, I think one thing that studios don't want to admit is sometimes you need to write an end. And I think with things like Doctor Who, things like Arrow, Sometimes you need to just look at it and say, yes, we could keep this going, but the better story choice would be to write an ending. Yes. And that, it's hard to write a good ending, but some opportunities present themselves. Sometimes, like, honestly, I think the perfect opportunity for Arrow to end would have been after season five where you've finally gotten through five years of backstory at the same time, like we've had. 
and then they had to start doing something different, like going into the future. Or, so the the concept they had to stretch a little bit. Um, honestly, storytelling is a really hard thing. What shows like this don't realize is it's okay to conclude something. Yes. Because when you write, like, a book, you want to write it with an ending. If you write a series, you want to write it with an ending. If you write a movie, you want to write it with an ending. And television, they're kind of like, let's see how far we can go with this. But then they get to the point where they've passed, possi- like, some possibly really good endings, but they're still going for money. Yes. Because people still watch, or whatever. And that's kind of a problem. Because you step over some possibly really good storytelling just for the sake of keeping things going. Yes. And so I think a lot of times video games do a much better job than a lot of TV shows because they only expect to do just the one game. And if they do more, then that's just an extra thing. And they, yeah. they don't expect to have a long series of video games with all of these stories. Yeah. They have to focus on the one they're doing now and have it be complete. Yeah. Because there's no guarantee that they're going to make another one. Yeah. Certainly. And the thing that comes to mind is just the Uncharted games. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much any any story-driven video game out there, the a- ends yeah. with, an, with an ending. They are self-contained. Yes. Kind of like the first Star Wars trilogy was. Except for Shadow of Mordor, or because that. Oh yeah. That kind of it kind of ends, but not really. It like that's that's another thing. Every time you end with a cliffhanger, you are setting up the potential to really disappoint people. Like Gotham. <laughs> so. You could have something that's really good, but then at the end of that, you say, but then something else is going to happen. And then that requires for people to appreciate this one, they need to appreciate the next one. And if the next one is bad, that means the first thing that you could have made complete but didn't is now tainted. Yes, because you've you hinted at this thing that's good. And that's... that's an, like, there have been shows that have been cancelled that kind of stink because they're still building up to something and they're less, like, trying to build towards the next season, but then they never get one, and so you realize, huh, this wasn't actually very good because they were trying to look forward rather than looking to now. Yeah, uh, an example being, uh, what? Um, I'm trying to think. Well, one example of kind of like this is Psych. Like, it's a really good show for seven seasons. Season eight is kind of stinky. They were building forward to something else. Then they got canceled. So they're not even building up to what they could. They did get a finale episode, and the finale episode is good. But all of season eight stinks. Right. Um, I guess to add to that, there's Firefly. Uh-huh. Only had one season. And in a way, the season is self-contained. But the, the, the thing that's just unfinished is just the backstory of the characters. That right. they were more hinting to explore in future seasons. Right. And it's like, we, we don't get that. And so they release a movie, and they have to kind of do everything in the movie mm-hmm. and it's just unsatisfactory because you kill off characters as well. Yeah, because here's the thing. You could make a sequel that you weren't planning to make that you can still base off the first movie that you don't need to foreshadow in the first movie. Right. So you can make two self-contained things um, and I think that's what people should try to do. You shouldn't make a movie planning on a sequel unless you have the whole thing planned out and it's really good. Don't just make something with a potential future 
that you don't have planned. J.J. Abrams, cough, 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 Star Wars Episode 7. I mean... Because I'm sure he had ideas. But yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> So my thing with the whole new trilogy is, like, I guessed this from the very start. When Disney announced the three new trilogy, and they announced who was going to direct them and, like, and write them. And, like, when I, when I read that and I saw that, I thought, this is going to be bad. Uh, not because Disney was doing it, because I saw that there was no unification. Yeah. There was no showrunner. Yeah. There was no one, one story to tell. It was like... This person's going to write a story, then this person could choose. And you can tell. And yeah, you can definitely tell, like, in between... Watching it, it's Force like, J.J. Abrams sets up a whole bunch of blocks that he expects someone else to build off of. Ryan Johnson knocks them down and starts building his own blocks. Now, J.J. Abrams didn't necessarily know what he wanted them to build. He just gave them potential. And that was a bad decision. Well, I think that like, he maybe had an idea of what he wanted to do, but he's like, I can't do any. I can't really do all that because uh-huh. I'm only hired to do this one thing. So, yeah. I'll I'll set it up so that they can get the hint. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but the idea, like, yeah, it it was a bad system to have three separate or multiple visions working on the same trilogy because a trilogy should be united a story should be united and that's why I think episode 8 seems to stick out like a sore thumb is because the the vision isn't the same yeah and so even if we take a look at 7 it wasn't necessarily the same vision as the previous uh, trilogy but we thought of it as a trilogy so we're like okay so now they're of course they're going a different direction it's years later but then we expected it to stay consistent. And then when it did, people reacted to it. Because you, people are going to. Yeah. I it's mean, like you have different people write different chapters of a book. And like It's going to be weird. You have to have, like, you have to know where you're going to go. Yeah. With this. You have to have an ending. And, like, I could tell that Star Wars and the new trilogy didn't know how they're going to end this trilogy. Yeah. I feel like J.J. Abrams didn't know how he's going to end it. Ryan Johnson didn't know how he was going to end it. He just knew where this story was going. And now we have to end it. So. And you, and you leave it to J.J. Abrams, who's not known for ending things. Yeah. He's, he's good at, like... I, I think that he's good at, like, getting something kind of started. Uh-huh. Honestly, if they used him to start it and then had, had someone continue the vision of the whole thing... To an end, through to a conclusion, I think it could have been good. But you have two very, very different visions within this uh, within this story. And this, and this is where I think you should have had someone like George Lucas come in. You should have had somebody who who's the director's director. Like, <laughs> yes, like, some, okay, here's where we're taking our story. You get to be in charge of this movie, but we need to get to here. Yeah, like even even like. The original trilogy is directed by different people. Uh-huh. It was still the same story. Yeah. They, there was a consistency. George had the story that they uh, took and they continued with it. They didn't. They didn't say, "Oh, let's do this story." They just took that bit. It's like, okay, we're gonna do this. Let's make it work. Yeah. And that's pretty much how how he functioned. Was that he had an idea? He let others. He, he, he'll let others, like, do things, but mm-hmm. he had the final say of how this would work. And that's how the Clone Wars worked. Yeah. The Clone Wars is fantastic. He didn't write every episode. Other people wrote it, but he had, like, okay, let's, let's have this story. Yeah. Or, no, I want this story. Yeah. So, you need a unified vision for the story to seem like it's the same story, and... Episode 8 doesn't seem like the same story. Honestly. And apparently that's very similar with how Doctor Who ends up going. Is it ends up looking like an entirely different thing because somebody decided to take it in a new direction in the most recent season. Um, I mean... The new direction... 
is not, I don't think was the issue. I, th- I think the issue was just the writing in general. Yeah. The writing for the story, just the overall choice of the actors and all that. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it wasn't set up properly from before. Mm-hmm. Also, um, infamous Doctor Who episode, Love and Monsters. Um, that is another kind of episode eight, in a way, where yes, it's they decided to do something different for an episode, and it shows. Yes, and this episode was like, oh, we're gonna. The villain was like a contest. Yeah. Like a kid draw a villain, and we'll have that be a character in the show, and that's how it was. The episode yeah. was there to show off the villain, and I guess people in normal life. Yeah, and what I think is a much better idea, or a a much better version, is Blink, where we are, once again, centered around not Doctor Who. Yes. Um, Dealing with a new villain, um, and it feels, though, like a part of Doctor Who, because... The atmosphere seems like it's the same. Um, it seems like it's the same story, whereas Love and Monsters seems like a different story. In the middle of it, I, I keep drawing parallels to a book. So, reading a book, reading a book, and suddenly you come upon this the next chapter, and it seems like it's from a different book, but it includes some of the same characters. Yeah, like a fan fiction almost. <laughs> And then you get back to reading the book. That's that's what episode eight and Love and Monsters kind of feel like. And I guess that's that's not the only episode of Doctor Who I've seen that doesn't quite seem to fit, but it's the most obvious example. Yeah, it's the ones that most people look to because it's just the more out there. Yeah. They tried something. It didn't work. Yeah. I think it's funny how this has become a critique on storytelling. Yeah, start, <laughs> yeah, started out just talking about camping or whatever. Somehow we ended up, we went from Mike Dwight Knight to Doctor Who. Doctor Who. And Doctor Who got us on the whole idea of storytelling. Where you're taking a story and what you should and shouldn't do. Based upon what we don't want in Doctor Who. Yeah. What do you not want in Doctor Who? Let's go back to that real quick. What do I not want in Doctor Who? I don't want... Uh... I don't know, silly throwaway characters? Well, I do to a point, but... I mean, that's... I want to care about the companions. Yeah. Is the main thing. I think it's funny how each not want I turn into a want. What I don't want is flippant characters. What I do want is good side characters we can care about. Yeah. Alright. Is there anything else we have to say about this one? I don't think so. Alright. I've gotten my talk out. <laughs> yeah, we, we've reached a good time limit here. So, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.